some players you just know are going to be in the major leagues one day. While it's incredibly difficult to project an 18- or 19-year-old climbing up four rungs of the minor league ladder and making it to the pinnacle of baseball with any kind of accuracy, there are people, organizations, websites, and technology that crunch that proverbial question day in and day out for more than 300 players at once. However, sometimes the question is already answered by the time you bring them into the system. It was with Jared Kelnick, now the Mariners' top prospect, who posted gargantuan numbers in the South Atlantic League before a May promotion to high A Modesto. You could just see the God-given talent oozing out of Kelnick every time he walloped a home run or sprinted after a baseball in the widespread center field canvas at Appalachian Power Park. He will be in the big leagues one day. The question is simply when. That same statement can be said for Julio Rodriguez. The Mariners' number six prospect has had a different experience in the Sally League than Kelnick after battling a hairline fracture in his wrist that sidelined him for nearly two months. But the show he's put on in West Virginia has been just as entertaining. Despite dealing with the first significant injury of his minor league tenure, Rodriguez has blistered several baseballs beyond 450 feet, robbed two homers, flexed breakneck speed on the bases and in the outfield, and kept everyone around him in a positive mood with his mile-wide smile and charisma. He's just a fun-loving 18-year-old living out his dream of playing professional baseball, and he also happens to be really good at what he does. For Julio, playing pro ball has been in his sights since he was three years old, but even he didn't realize his potential until much later. Yet, even with all of the mythical feats J-Rod has pulled off so far, he still surprises everyone who watches him with something new every day. That's what you get when you're witnessing a future major leaguer. Every day they continue to write the next page of their story, and every chapter becomes heftier and heftier as they ascend the minor league ladder. Julio's first full season chapter is already chock full, and one can see that he's quite far from his epilogue. It's the J-Rod Show, and we're all just living in it. Welcome to Expanding the Grid. Welcome back to Expanding the Grid, episode number six here at Appalachian Power Park inside the home radio booth. David Kahn, Kyle Yeomans with you, and we are joined now by a very special guest. It is power outfielder Julio Rodriguez. Julio, first off, thanks for being here. We're, we're glad to be able to chat with you. Um, you've had a, uh, had a remarkable season so far. You've had a little bit of ups and downs, but you've really seemed to find your rhythm again after that injury. Just what's your year been like overall for you? So overall, this is really time challenging year for me you know the injury stuff but thank god i i found the ways to overcome that so i think my year's been really good really fun i have i'm having fun playing with the guys here so i feel like it's, it's been a really good year besides everything you know has your expectations for what this year was going to be like for you if you lived up to those expectations you think i feel like i i'm more expectation for this year like there's there's a month and a half left, so I think there's a lot of more stuff that I have to do yet. Is this year kind of what you thought it would be like? Not necessarily in terms of uh, your play on the field, but uh, you, you you talked about the expectations that you had going in. Is this just kind of is it a little bit different than what you uh, had originally envisioned? It's not it's not different, but you know the injury stuff. I didn't have that in plan, mm-hmm. you know, but. I mean, while I'm playing, I feel like it's been really good. Like, yeah. that's just how I thought. Well, you started off really hot. You reached in your first seven games in April, and then you had that injury. But what enabled you to get off to that such that hot start? So, the hot start was because of everything I practiced and stuff. Like, I was really, I was really focused on that. Like, trusting my plan and stuff. I think that's why I had a lot of success during those first games. And it's not always easy coming back from an injury like that where it was sustained in the middle of a game and it was almost like an immediate thing. Uh, what were some of the things that you had to do throughout the rehab process uh, to get back to where you were in order to be successful? So I think I did a lot of mental stuff, like back in Arizona. I did a lot. I prepared my mind for that. I was working, like, everything I could at that, at that moment, like, 
don't know if you heard that. I was swinging with one hand. I was like visualizing everything, you know, like game situation and stuff, getting ready for this moment when I came back. Now, you hurt your left wrist when you got hit by that pitch uh, back in April. Were you able to focus more on kind of developing the other parts of your body, your right hand, maybe your legs a little bit more with your, while your left hand was sidelined? Yeah, that's what I was doing over there. That's, that was everything I could. I was doing my lift with my right hand. I was working my legs and my speed. I was working my body. Like, I did everything I could because I couldn't use my left hand, so I was trying to do everything I could to improve. Did you find that it was a little bit difficult for your left hand to come back when you when you finally were healthy again and came back to play here? I feel like I'm that kind of people, person that I'm not afraid of anything, like literally anything. So there's a lot of people that start thinking about that, oh, my left hand, I might get hit again. I'm not that type of person. So when I got back, I was just, let's do it. If that happened, that's part of the baseball. Like, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, you've been hit nine times this year. <laughs> yeah, nine times. Like, there's nothing I can do that's part of the game. Exactly. Does it come to the point with all the hit-by-pitches that you kind of just are like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Have like, you had that thought yet? Yeah, like, sometimes, but, I mean, it's part of the game. They 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 are trying to do their job. So, mm-hmm. sometimes they miss, they miss the spot and hit me, so. There's yeah. nothing I can do. And you're a guy who plays the game with a lot of passion, and, and, and you like going up and hitting in big-time situations. If you're hit by a pitch, it takes an at-bat away from you. Is that a little frustrating for somebody who loves to play the game like you do? I mean, sometimes, you know, you, you try to hit the ball, like you got a double, homer, or something <laughs> like that, but you can take what they give you. Yeah. Now, I, I noticed your, your approach at the plate. You're not necessarily always trying to hit home runs. You're really just trying to hit the ball very hard. How have you kind of adjusted your approach to this level? So it's just, I know, just be who I am. Like, take advantage of the mistakes. So I sometimes, you know, I always, you said it, I just try to hit the ball hard, whatever, like even right field, center field, left field. I feel like I have power enough to hit the ball over the fence in every spot of this field. So, and it it seems like uh, so far, at least here at Appalachian Power Park, you're you're home run heavy to the pool side. Now I know you have the opposite field power because we've seen it from some of the doubles that you've been able to hit this season. But how satisfying is it to be able to get a hold of a baseball to your pool side and watch that thing just fly into the night, man? <laughs> That's really good. That <laughs> feels really good. Yeah, like every time I hit the ball that size, I just like it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. So it's automatic. Yeah. yeah. Hit the ball, gone. <laughs> I love that. Julio Rodriguez joining us here on Expanding the Grid. Uh, you know, we touched a little bit about on that injury. Did that injury kind of humble you a little bit? Because I know that uh, you really haven't had a, a major injury so far in your, in your career thus far. But that one, I mean, took you out for two months. It's like, yeah, like, that made me think, like, in this sport, it's really dangerous stuff. Like, can, like, we just hit by pitch can end your, your career, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, you need to appreciate, you need to respect the game. And, yeah, I'm pretty sure of that. Like, it, that injury made me, like, embrace more this game, like, respect it more, you know, because, look, one f- hit by pitch here took me almost two months away from baseball, so, yeah. And it seemed like during that time you had a lot of people reaching out to you and, and, and providing uh, support around your, your your time away from baseball. Anybody specific uh, during that time period stick out to you or reach out to you that uh, kind of able to bring you up a little bit? I'm, I'm in my family, and back then it's only like the coaches, they, they helped me out a lot. They helped me out a lot. I think that that's why – because of their help, I, I I was able to keep my head up. Like I, I was trying to do it by myself, but you know sometimes the situation is kind of more hard than you th- than, than you can handle it. So all of them, my family, the staff of the Mariners, there I was like, they they really helped me to keep my head up. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you have a really good relationship with your family, especially your dad. He was, you know, really instrumental early on in your baseball career. Just kind of talk about that relationship and how it's developed since you've played pro ball. So my dad, like my family or my dad at all? Bo- both of them. So with my family, I'm really close. Like I always talk to them with my dad. 
Cause y'all was giving me off by just since y'all was making fun of me the other day. <laughs> I, had really, I, I, I had a really rough game the other day. I don't know what's going on that game, but it's okay. He was making fun of me, but he was like, hey, you need to, you need to stop. Like, yeah, I know it's funny and stuff, but that's not you. Like, keep going. So I feel like I'm really, I have really, really close relationship with my family. Like, you know, I was talking with my little siblings, with my, my older sister. I'm, I was like, you know, I'm away from them right now because I'm playing and stuff, but I still keep all of them in my heart, you know? How many siblings do you have? I have two little siblings and one, and one older sister. Okay, so you're the you're the second in command of yeah, the family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, a, that's, the, that's the good yeah, spot but, to be, right? Yeah, but I'm the toughest one, so... I'm the I guess I'm the I'm the first one. Oh, okay. okay right. So you're you're bringing physicality yeah, into this yeah, a little yeah. bit <laughs> as he flexes his muscles in the middle of the booth. I love that. Hey, you gotta assert your your position there. You can't let anybody push you around just because your age, right? No, no, never. Now, uh, how about your relationship with with power hitting coach Eric Ferris? He's played in this league. He played for this team at this ballpark. I mean, he's obviously got a lot to offer you. Yeah, like I'm a, like my relationship with him is amazing. He's a really nice person. He helped me out a lot. He always giving me advice. I feel like he's really really nice person to be around. What's the biggest thing he's taught you this year? Uh, no way. There's a lot of things. It's What's the one that sticks out to you the most? It's like be patient and trust my hands. Mm. Like when I'm hitting, be patient, trust my hands, hit the ball with the center field wall. Yep. Yeah, always. That, what, what's the what's the important thing about your hands? Like, what what, what, like, what does he mean by that? Uh, you know, I have really good swing, and my hands are really fast. Sometimes I just try to rush it, like be more faster. You know, with my hands, and I feel like with my hands, it's enough. Like the the speed of my hands is enough. So sometimes I just trust it. And I, I'm trying to do too much, so that's when I have failures and stuff. And you talk about the the good swing that you've been able to put together, and we get to see that on a night to night basis. It's a it's a very long swing, but it, like you said, it, with those hands going through the, the the zone, it's very quick. Where does that come from? Where did you uh, develop a swing like that over the course of your younger years in baseball? Mm, to be honest, I don't have an explanation for that. I feel like since since I was like real really young, mm-hmm. I have been with that the same swing, so I have never changed that. So. I don't know. Maybe God bless me with that. <laughs> That's how I feel. Okay. So 12-year-old Julio was just n- knocking moonshots to the to the sky and, and, and with that swing, right? I was, I was hitting bombs when I was 12. <laughs> it feels like this one. I was hitting bombs when I was 12. I love it. That's so funny. Now, another guy who hit bombs this year and is uh, doing so in Modesto right now, Jared Kelnick. I know you guys have a, a really good relationship. Uh, when did you meet Kelnick, and, and when did you – how did you guys develop such a quick relationship? So, I – the first one was in Arizona. I heard he got traded for the the Diaz Canal trade. So when I saw him in Arizona, I was like, oh, this should be him. I was like, hey, what's up? I was, he was like, hey, nice to meet you. My name is Jared. Oh, nice to meet you. My name is Julio. So we all started talking from that. So in the field, we started playing cards and stuff. And that was, that was the beginning of everything. So now... The, after that, we got to play here. We got we play a lot of games in spring training. We play in the big league spring training together. So we have been together like a long time. He took me to his house in Arizona. We, we had like good time, the pool, like having fun. And not that after, after that here, we started living together. We got an apartment and stuff. So we had a really like really good beginning, and we kept that through this level. Now he's in Modesto. Thank God. He's over there, yeah. Like, yeah, thank God a, for the South Atlantic League pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, he did. He did really good. I, I, I felt he deserved that that promotion more than anyone else. So our relationship was was pretty good since the beginning. What's one thing about Jared Kelnick that most people don't know that you know? I. Oh, oh my God! Oh, he's on the phone always. <laughs> he's always on the phone. He's always on the phone. I don't know if, the, if everybody know that, but he's always on the phone. He called everybody at least twice in a day. Wow. Yeah, he's okay. always on the phone. 
All right. Hmm. And, and you guys playing here with West Virginia right at the beginning of the season had that that one-two punch where you were number two and number three in the order. How fun was that to to be in the on deck circle when when he was up at the plate and having that interaction in the same lineup for a little bit of time? Yeah, I felt like that was that was really good. Like I felt really good with that. I mean, like I just wanted more time to play with it, with him more, mm-hmm. so we can. Win more games. <laughs> yeah, and like I feel like that was really, really good because the pitchers had two guys to think about, like next to each other. So I feel like that was, the, I feel like that was really, really, really fun. Yeah, you got that one-two combo that you can't get one out, or you can't <laughs> not deal with one because you got to deal with the other. Uh, but you got to play with him in big league spring training. How cool was that experience to play in the big, you know, the quote-unquote big leagues and play with your buddy? Yeah, that was that was really fun. Like, like you can see that how it can could be in the future. You know, like playing with, not just with him, but with all the other guys, our mother friends. So I feel like that was really really nice experience. Who from the Mariners that's that's currently in the big league team did you get to talk to and kind of get to pick their brain a little bit while you were in big league camp? Mm, he's not he's not there anymore. But I talked with Jay Bruce. He was really like he he told me like right now you are you are like a young man, but if you keep doing yourself like how you're doing, you will be here and you will play as many as you as me in the big oh, league. Wow, that's got to feel really good. <laughs> yeah, like that was really good because to be honest, no one can hit more than me with Jay Bruce in PlayStation. No one. In PlayStation, yeah, like really? I, told, I told him, to, I, I, I said that to him. He was like, "Oh, really?" And now that's how we start talking about that. Wow! So you use Jay Bruce when you play MLB The Show? Yeah, I like, I like the, like his stance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't lie with him. <laughs> <laughs> so is that how some of the relationship formed was through MLB The Show? Yeah, like yeah, no, I, I talked to him about that. He was, and that, after that, he started talking to me. Okay, wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. I, I could help, but I, 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 I really had to say that to him. <laughs> Don't you love 2019? Isn't that the greatest when you can play a video game and then have a conversation with a guy the next day? That's, yeah, that's just that's, perfect. That's great. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Julio Rodriguez with us here on Expanding the Grid. Now, not only have you unleashed some mammoth home runs at this ballpark, you have robbed a couple of home runs. You had one uh, back on Friday night against Delmarva. You took one away from Nick Horvath left center field just talk about that play and how you kind of time up a, a play like that uh like i had experience with that you know with the Les- against lexington legends so once i saw that fly ball last night i was like looks like literally the same the same fly ball like literally the same spot i was like he might go out i was like no i cannot let this ball go out <laughs> yeah if that was close enough i i was like i cannot let this ball go out so once I saw the wall, I was trying to like raise the wall with my hands. I was like, man, the wall is right here. The wall is coming. Once I saw the ball, I just jump the highest I could. I catch it like right before go out the wall. So that was really exciting play. Like, if I can say those two plays against the Lexington Lightning, this one were my two favorite plays. So that's your favorite play is, is robbing a home run like that and taking it away from the other squad? Yeah, like I'm going to feel bad for Hobart, Hobart <laughs> but I, I, I have to do it. Sorry, my man. <laughs> of course you do. Did you really feel that bad, though? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was expecting to hear. And uh, specifically here at Appalachian Power Park, there's a lot of room in center field. And whenever yeah. you play center field, there is a lot of green space, especially heading back into the alleyways. Is that tougher as a center fielder to gauge a ball like that? Uh, I mean, you know, there's a lot. Of, you said there's a lot of room. There's a lot of play to run. There's a lot of plays that the hitters can hit the ball. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when I got room like that, I feel like is more funny like it's more mm. space to run like because i know i'm kind of the outfield i like to run a lot like <laughs> to run dive jump go whatever like i feel like it's, for me it's not that hard because i'm joined to go all over the place out back yeah. there okay 
Now you always kind of show this this happy go lucky attitude. You've been smiling this whole interview, uh, <laughs> but uh, but you're you're also a fierce competitor. How can you just go back in between you know both of those? When you're in the game, you're so locked in. But then when you're in the dugout, I see you you know you're smiling, you're dancing around, you're grooving. Like how, how do you continue to just shift back and forth between those two things? I know it's like that's why I am. Like <laughs> I get laugh, but I'm laughing, but I'm watching the picture like at the same time, mm. like. I don't know, that's the way that I play the game, that's how I enjoy the game, so I feel like this game is just for enjoy. If you don't enjoy it, you will get bored and stuff, so just enjoy, have fun. Now you mentioned you're always watching the pitcher. Uh, one of the things that I've taken away when we've been on road trips with you is, and you've sat behind us is you come back and you instantly know every pitch, every at-bat, you have a, good, a really good memory of everything. And you instantly know what went right and what went wrong. How, how do you compartmentalize all that and kind of just go through it after the game so quickly? Uh, it's like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good at serving stuff, like analyzing stuff. So I think that's why. Because like every time that I face one pitcher, it's like I learn from this. Even if I strike out, even if I like, hit a fly ball, hit a ground ball stuff, I feel like I'm always learning from them. Like for the next I buy like if I in this one I had failure stuff, like buy I bought you no know, because that happens sometimes. So I was trying to learn as much as I, I can from that I bought. So the next one I can beat him. That's that's my goal, beat him. Now in that same vein, how do you go up against a pitcher you've never seen before? How do you prep for a guy like that? Uh it's Ferris, Bob. It's Ferris. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, like <laughs> He's always with the scouting report stuff, so I I just try to like learn as much as I can, and after that I just see the picture while it's warming up. Even when I was in the outfield sometimes, and I saw the picture that's coming up, I was like, I don't know that guy, so let me see how he make his arm action and stuff, just to see preparing my plan to face him when I get a chance. And it seems like whenever you go up to the plate, you always are kind of clearing your mind a little bit. Now, you're thinking about the pitcher and you're thinking about what you need to do, but you have this routine that you go through where you stand outside the box, you take a deep breath, and then you go through uh, basically setting up your batting stance. Kind of talk about where that has come from and what's going through your mind in that moment. I feel like I do that and just to relax my mind, relax my body, and just get ready for him, get ready for the fight. Like, I think about... Like the like, I visualizing my 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 eyebrow when I when I'm the in the hitters, like the the on deck circle, yeah, the on deck circle. So when I'm doing that, I just clearing out my mind, like relaxing. I don't think anything else, just in my movement. So in that way, I can relax my body, relax my mind, just focus on him now. That helps you really lock in and yeah. get ready. Yeah, like even sometimes when I don't feel the dirt right, I just time time out. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel it right. Wow. So. Yeah. Even down to the dirt. Yeah. It's got to be all correct. Yeah, all correct. If, <laughs> if not, I don't swing. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you take a pitch. <laughs> yeah. that, or, or when I'm called timeout, it's because of that. Okay. We figured it out. Julio Rodriguez yep. will take a pitch when the dirt is not feeling right. Now that's, we know. That's, that's cool. I would, I would never, I've never <laughs> thought that. Uh, so let, let's go back a little bit. When was the first time that you really started playing baseball? Like, like. Literally stuff. Sure. I was like six years old, or six five years old. I was since I was a kid. I was really grown kid. Yeah. I was big, so I was able to play with all the guys. I I kind of I don't know, but I kind of understand understood the baseball a little bit because of my my father. He was always with me. I was. He told me he I was hitting since I was like three years old. Yeah, with a little butt. Hmm. So <laughs> since that. Since those years, I was playing baseball. So, but with literally, I started like six years old. Was your dad the one that got you into playing baseball originally? Yeah, because he played. He played when he was younger. He also played softball. Yeah, he's like almost fifty-four or something, and he 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 played softball. So since I was since back then, when he played in the years, his dream was playing the big league or play as at least professional baseball player professional baseball so yeah he was the one that put me in the base so. now you mentioned you started playing little league when you were six do you remember your first ever at bat what you did 
No, but I remember my face, my first hit by pit. Really? <laughs> <laughs> when did yeah. that happen? Yeah, I was I was like in the Dominican. There's like whole field, right? But you can play in different spot, like different game in the same like at the same time. Sure. You can play one that like in the normal like home play like this. There's one in the right field, one like in the center field gap over there. Okay. And one in the left field corner. Mm-hmm. So you can play. I was playing the center field. So I remember I was hitting. Was the very first field of the house, but the the pitcher was a kid as me. I was like six, seven years old. He threw the ball. He hit me right here on the bridge. <laughs> Right, I remember Ooh. that. I was I was crying a little bit. My mom come because she was I was watching my games. My mom come was like, "Don't cry, don't cry. That's part of the game." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I left. Yeah, well, I remember that. <laughs> you remember your first homer? Oh uh, yeah, my first. My father was there. Really? Yeah, my first homer was against this lefty. We used to play together. We were younger. He was really good. Like. In the in the little in my in my league, he was he was really good. I was twelve, I was twelve. My head, like it was to feel like this, almost like this one. So, you hit a home run yeah, in a, a major league size ballpark when you were twelve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> okay. Well, tell tell us about it. Yeah, keep, keep going. So That's incredible. It was like the third pitch, I think. Yeah, I was I was hitting. I just swing the that pitch. It's really inside. I just got it in front. I hit it home. <laughs> I remember my father was there. My father was so excited. I was like, yeah, I was I was about, let me see, I was 12, like a couple months. 12 or 4 months, I think. Yeah, I remember that. It was really, really nice bomb. Now, <laughs> with the homer, this is, I, I, I still think it's unbelievable that you were 12 and you hit a home run on a, on a field this size. But uh, now the most important thing was, I know you didn't bat flip at that point, right? No, I just hit the ball in front. <laughs> I didn't expect that I was going to hit a home run. <laughs> you just hit it really hard, and then you started running, and yeah. at some point you realized that it had gone over the fence. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I hit the ball, boom. I was running and watching. Running and watching. I was what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Julio Rodriguez with us here on Expanding the Grid. Uh, when did you really know that you could make this a career? So I think one was like... 15 because while 15 I was in the academy in the Dominican Republic I don't know if you know how that works over there well tell us a little bit about how it works so like for me I was playing like in my hometown in the hometown in my hometown no there's too many scouts that go that go over there so I moved to Santiago to that academy it's like more in this in the, in the center of the country so there's easier to the scouts reach out to you so you have more tryouts and stuff so i moved there when i was 14. so there's a lot of players that have to leave their hometown because they they need to find a better spot like to play to get to see scouts to get to have tryout so that's what i did when i was 14 i moved over there but at that point i thought i was good i was a good player okay but i didn't expect that i was Gonna like, I don't know how to explain it. You didn't yeah. think you were gonna play baseball professionally at that point? Yeah, at yeah. that point, I, go, I was just playing, like right. enjoying mm-hmm. the game. Even when I was 14, there's a lot of guys that are 14 right now that are thinking about like big stuff. But at that point, I was just joining baseball, like learning, learning as much as I could. But when I turned 15, I was like, I feel like I'm good at this sport, I feel like I can make it because I saw there's the while well, 14, be the beginning of the 15, is when I saw like my friends like signing. I was mm-hmm. like, they made it. Why I, I cannot? I cannot make it. So while well, 15, I think I feel like I was was when I was starting to to think that I can make the, this the career. When did the Mariners start reaching out and talking to you? Uh, while while I was 14. The beginning of 15, and that point was was when I did my first tryout with him. Yeah, I remember Kevin Dominguez. He's not with us right now. Kevin Do- Dominguez and Eddie Toledo was the one that saw me for the first time. Hmm. Now, I, I know that you have a, a – there's a bit of an interesting story of how your agent told you that you were getting signed by the Mariners. That, tell us about that when you found out. So 
I I had to try out like two days or three days before of that day. So I had to try out in the academy of the Dominican Republic over there. So it's a really nice academy. Like it's really it's really beautiful. I really like that academy. So after that try out, we came back to Santiago. So he told me uh, tomorrow you have a day off. You just wake up like in the afternoon if you want it and go run a little bit to recover your arm and stuff. So he caught. I was I was I was sleeping at that point, and he 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 sent to Tom. He told my friend to to wake up me so I can go to run. So I was I was there. I I wake up. I put clothes on, and I got ready to run. So he called me. He was like, Julio, come here. I was like, Hey, what's up? He was like, What thing you like the most to sign? I was like, I like the angels, but I like the better than Seattle Mariners. So he was like, I'm glad that you like the Mariners because you're gonna sign with them. I was at that point. I was I was in shock. I was like, no, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, I was I was in shock. I was like, oh my god, I cannot believe that. I'm sure like don't mess with me like that. <laughs> yeah, I was like I was just like that. I was laughing. I was like, don't mess with me like that. He was like, no, I'm not playing around. You were gonna sign with the Mariners. Like we, he he told me we close a deal with them like right now. I was like, oh my god, you're playing right. He was like, no, we're gonna, I'm gonna call your father now, so I, I, I'm gonna tell him. Uh, Ulysses, Ulysses Cabrera, he's, he was the one, he works with the DPL, I don't know if you know that. Mm -hmm. DPL, yeah. Dominican Prospect League. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he works with them, he was like, Ulysses is gonna call your father, he's gonna play, explain everything to him. I was like, oh my God, like, I'm so glad. I was almost crying at that point. <laughs> I was almost crying, so. I started running. I had to run. He was like, "Go run now." I was like, "Oh, for sure." <laughs> I was literally. He told me go five laps. You know. Yeah. He was like, "Go run at least five. I was like, "I did literally five sprints <laughs> like, around, around, around the field. Literally five sprints. Like, I was so happy that moment. What was your what, what was your family reaction like? If your reaction was that ecstatic, what was your family's reaction well, my to family, that day like? They were crazy that was oh my god my mom was crying my dad was crying he, my my dad couldn't even couldn't even like talk mm. when i called him he couldn't even talk everybody my sister was crying my grandfather like everybody was really really excited about that that's awesome yeah now i know you got to get signed with a couple of other friends that day when you all went to go sign at the academy who who did you get to go sign with that day so from the the, the guys that were that we're gonna sign at that point. There's Jerry Tatis, I don't know if you know him. Mm -hmm. Uh Jerry Tatis, uh Joseph Hernandez, uh there's a lot a, a lot of guys but they're now back to Dominica or they're in Arizona. Okay. Yeah, but there's a lot of friends of mine. There are also like guys that plays against them here that sign that we didn't sign together but we signed the same day. Sure. So we were friends from back in the DPL doing tryouts. So there's a lot of friends of mine. It, does it kind of help you a little bit to, to come in? And, and even though they're on the opposing team, you've got friends here in the United States. Because I know it's a little bit different here being in the States than in the Dominican. Yeah, it's, uh, it's different. But, you know, I play against Columbus, the, the shortstop, Ronnie Mauricio. We did a, a lot of tryouts together. We know very well each other. So that's fun that like, you get to play with friends that you were doing tryouts, chasing a drink back then, mm. and now play, playing against them, like, it's really, really, really nice. Now, you brought up Ronnie Mauricio. He was an all-star this year. I know one of your goals was to be an all-star. Of course, with the injury, it was a little bit tough for you to get that yeah. nod. But you got to you got to be here. You were experiencing the all-star game here in Charleston. How cool was that experience to, to see, and, and how much did that motivate you for next year to get an all-star nod? Yeah, like, that was a really nice experience. Like, I saw other guy have, having fun. I was like, damn, I want to be there. Like, I know because of my injury, like, was, was tough. I couldn't make it, maybe. So... I feel like that's a really good experience. And for next year, I was trying to stay healthy. I want to be there. I, I also want to be in the home run derby. I, I'm pretty sure I would be. <laughs> oh, man. Julio Rodriguez in the home run derby. I think You think you would have beaten uh, Curtis Terry? I'm pretty sure we would we'll be a good battle. Would, would, it, sure. would it have been as good as 
Vladdy Guerrero Jr. and Jock Peterson. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good show. At least you have high expectations for that. I yeah, love that. That was a really good show. Now, you going back to the conversation between your, your time now transitioning into the United States, Is it uh, was it easier or was it a little bit tougher than you originally imagined coming here? You know, it was easier. Yeah? For me, it was easier. Like, there's a lot of guys that... They say, oh, oh, that's, oh, that over there is tough, that over there is different. They might say that because of the language stuff, but that's something I can handle pretty well. So for me, I feel like that was easier than I thought. When did you start learning English? So I started learning English English because, like back in my hometown. I, I, I had lucky because I when I was in the school, there's not too many to go teacher. There is not good teachers in my hometown who like can really teach English. Mm-hmm. So I had lucky that I had a really good one. Like he was like he he was able to speak like really good English. So I tried to learn like because I always like English so I feel like that's really good language to to speak, so so I had luck. I started learning English since that moment when I was like what, twelve? Yeah, twelve, something like that. Mm-hmm. So when I moved to Santiago from the academy, one of the oh my father asked Kiko, who was my like my agent, my agent at that moment. Mm-hmm. So my fr- my father told him that he wanted me to be a comp- like all around player. Like it's not just on the field but off the field, and they put me in the acad- like English school. Like while I was. Playing during trial every single Saturday, I was going to that English school. I was learning English at that point. So since that moment, like I was pretty good at English at that point. But you know, like I was able to talk. I wasn't able to talk because I was kind of afraid. I was like, damn, like this is new. I don't know how to say it. I don't know if that's gonna sound weird stuff. So through that process, I started learning. When I get to Arizona, like. I was like, I need to try it or try it. There's mm-hmm. no other, there, there's no other chance to improve that this one. So I started talking. I started like losing my like. I was scared. Like at the first, I was scared. Like, but I was after that. I started talking with all the people. I was like, I need to do it. Like I, I need to learn this. So when I figured that. When you don't know to say, you don't know how to say something, you just ask, you just learn. They're gonna help you out. I was like perfect, and so I started <laughs> talking. Then now you can see. Yeah. Now I know you've learned a little bit of English, at least when you were younger, by watching MLB Network. Yeah. You still yeah. do that? Yeah, every single time. Also, I watch a series in my phone, like it's in English, but I, I saw this subtitle. I, I had it have it with subtitles, so sometimes when they say something I don't know, I just read it. I was like, oh, not. That's what he means. Mm. So I okay. was, I was trying to learn everywhere. So you got the Spanish subtitles. You hear it in English, but you see it in Spanish, so you know what the word is. No, I I saw in English. Oh. Everything in English. Oh, okay. So oh. the words in English too. Okay, yeah. so you see the word in English, and then you you can understand what it means. Yeah. Okay. And it, it seems like you have that kind of curiosity about the the English language. Is it now turned into something that you really like to learn? Yeah, that's just something that I really like to learn. Mm-hmm. Like my my mind is always open to learn. And more when it's English, I like, really like to learn. I, I always hear, like, different people, different type of English, you know. Mm-hmm. Hearing Charleston, there's kind of different accent. <laughs> Arizona, in Arizona, there's another different accent. So I'm always trying to learn, like, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit different. Even in the booth right now, you've got a guy from Orlando on one side and David and then myself from Texas, and it's a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, we don't sound super different, but there is that little bit of action in yeah. between. And that's cool that you're able to pick up on that because as kind of a, a newer English speaker, that mm-hmm. could be tough for somebody. Yeah. Now, when you got signed by the Mariners and you got to come to the United States, was that your first time ever out of the out of the Dominican and into the U.S.? No, my first time was when I was 15 with DPL. DPL in I was I went to Miami that was a, I was doing showcase but that was my first time with Merz was my second time okay yeah so your first time in the United States when you were 15 what was that like so I was so excited to be honest because I was like my dream was 
when I was younger, I was playing the Little League World Series. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was I was watching that with my dad. So it was one of my dreams. So when I came here for the first time, was playing baseball and visiting the United States. You know, that was literally my dream. But not literally, but chasing my dream as a to be a professional. So it was really nice experience. I was with friends here because I I went here with one of my my agents like I, the people that I trained with so they were here so that was easier for me and it was really really nice experience like being around all my friends like chasing a dream like visiting a new country so it was really good experience and you mentioned the Little League World Series is that kind of a common dream uh, down in that area to, to, to try and get to Williamsport and then uh, what, what, what did you end up getting close to that point or no no, we didn't because in my hometown, there is no, like, like I was the, the team that goes over there is from Santo Domingo, mm -hmm. like, Santiago. So in my hometown, at that point, when I was, like, around the age, I was just over there. Like, there is a lot, a, there is no famous tournaments over mm -hmm. there, so so I I never got close, close to that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's good. I <laughs> I mean, you, you made, made it. it. You made it. Here. Yeah, you're okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Continuing along with Julio Rodriguez here on expanding the grid. Now, uh, you you told us a little bit ago. You have an interesting little pregame routine. You eat frosted flakes before batting practice and after batting practice before every game. Why do you do that? And when did that start? I don't know, like I've like since I was really young, I was like frosted flakes. This is my favorite cereals of, of all time. Really? Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's just well, I'm I was like eating that and watching one of my series on my phone. Like that's part of my routine. Like relax my body, like focus on my stuff, like focus on what I need to do. Like I don't know. And it's always right before BP and then right after, right? Yeah, okay. always, always. All right, and do you eat any other cereals, or is it only Frosted Flakes? Uh, I can eat Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but okay. I like Frosted Flakes better. Yeah? <laughs> now, uh, milk or no milk? Milk. Okay. Always milk. Can't always eat it dry. No? No. No, not at all. Mm -hmm. okay. Are there any other uh, interesting pre-game or post-game routines that, that you, you go into before a ball game? Oh, uh, I got a video. I'll show it to you. Uh oh, <laughs> oh boy. he's pulling out a video <laughs> yep. for this. This yeah. is awesome. <laughs> it's like this gonna motivate me like every time. So the video is called "Why Do We Fall?" Why do we fall? Okay. Yeah, I started watching this video. When I was hurt. So it's this video right here. Why do we fall? You can watch it like. Oh, it's okay. So it's a six-minute, fourteen-second video on YouTube called "Why Do We Fall." And it's a motivational video. Yeah, for me, you want to watch it. So what, what, what do you? We'll, we'll, we'll spare our listeners this is radio, but uh, but we can we, they can watch yeah. it. So what, what do you get from that video when you watch it? So it said a lot of stuff like, "What was her?" You know, so it said like, a lot of reasons of why do we fall. There's a, he said a lot of stuff like overcome that. She said, "That's my favorite, my favorite one." Like if you know what you're worth. Go out of there and get what you worth. You know what I'm talking about? Like that's that's one of like stick with me. Like and there's another one that's uh, Muhammad Ali. Mm -hmm. Like I'm gonna show you how great I am. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that's really stick with me. And this is a really good video for people like going through really bad stuff in their life. So that they're doing a lot of sacrifice. So I feel like that's a really good video for every people that is chasing a dream right now. And you watch that every game? Every game. Like before, before every time? Before every game. Wow, that's awesome. But sometimes I watch it while hitting the tee mm. or while just sitting in my locker. But I was watching it every, uh, before every single game. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, you've always got a lot of uh, some inspirational people helping you out and, and you know, motivating you. But who is your, your favorite baseball player that you've kind of emulated so far? I know, I know you've mentioned a few before. I know Matt, Mike Trout's been a guy. A-Rod's been a guy. But who, who's really your favorite overall guy that you watched when you were younger? A-Rod. A-Rod? All mm. the way. Yeah. A-Rod, that's my favorite guy. Like, I know... He had like bad decisions in his career, but for me, he will be the best. Like, it doesn't matter why, he will be one of the best players. I mean, like, when he was playing, he didn't just pay anybody. He was just playing his way. 
He he made his own brand in baseball, so he's my favorite of all time. Now, did you grow up watching A Rod with the the Mariners, the Yankees, the Rangers? Who, did you end up becoming like a, a fan of that team, or were you just always a fan of A Rod? I was really a fan of A Rod. Yeah, everywhere. But I saw him most when he was in the Yankees. But you know, like A Rod is A Rod. <laughs> He's in a class by himself. Yeah. Is that yeah. is that kind of where you want to be when when people when you know twenty years down the road, thirty years down the road, when your your career's over, you want people to be like Julio Rodriguez is in a class by his own. Yeah, that's what I wanted to be. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I said some sometimes J Rod show, like he's like he was like A Rod show, like he was, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like everybody, like everybody on the field when he was like on that batter box or. Everyone in that field, everybody was paying attention to him, you know, because they know he was one of the greatest players ever. So that's why I wanted to be like, even after baseball, like everybody's still paying attention to him because mm-hmm. he's really. I'm not, I'm not, oh my God, I forgot that word. I'm not, I'm not. Analysis. Yeah, he's really good. At, he's really good at it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's now an analyst for for I, several mm-hmm. networks. Yeah, for, yeah. for ESPN, right? Mainly, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I want to be like just like him. Like after after my baseball career, have a really good success career in the minor league as him. Even better, you know. You always mm-hmm. have to surpass that. You got to be better than than the person before you, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 There you That's go. Hey, and he's already on a headset. He so wants to be a broadcaster. He's doing great. High five. We've he's got this it. one, David. <laughs> yeah, All right, we're good. we're getting you started. And this is the first time I've heard you mention J Rod Show. Where does that come from? Who first called you that, or is that something that you came up with? Uh, it's something I came up with. It's like, and that name is also the motivation. Like mm. for me, when I'm the big league. I no one like no one can be bigger than like like more more important than, than baseball. But you can also stand up as like stand out in baseball. You sure. know as Aero did it. You know he he wasn't bigger than baseball, but he he is really a stand out in baseball. That's yeah. why every time that I type my name, that name is like Jero in capital letter and show in like. Lowercase, yeah. Lowercase. Mm-hmm. But it's not like I want to be bigger than baseball, but I want to stand up in the show. Wow. That's what I'm trying to do. Speaking of making it to the big leagues, we did have a fan question uh, come in for you uh, from uh, Twitter. They asked, what stadium do you most want to play in when you make it to the big leagues? <sighs> no, I like, for sure that is the T-Mobile part. Like, yeah. that, that's for sure. Like I, I really want to be playing from that ground. Like see how it feels like playing in that city of Seattle. Like that's, that's the feel. That like, that's the, the feel that one that one I want to play the most. And now uh, fans across the uh, Seattle network are ex- uh, are just uh, exclaiming and they are excited with that answer. I, th- I think that's the perfect way to put it. Now, uh, where do you see yourself? At- with that, with the rest of the season now, now coming here for West Virginia, uh, you've had all this adversity toward the front half of the year with the injury, and now uh, getting back in the in the being a hundred percent. What are some goals that you've had set in front of you for this year? Ooh, oh yeah, he's secretive about that. Really? Yeah, I just like I. First of all, I just want to stay healthy. Like I want to stay healthy, and my all my goals are right here. <laughs> you'll yeah, tell would, you'll tell us after the season's over, right? Yeah, I'll there tell you go. You, I'll tell you. I'll tell you after the season. Nice. That's yeah, a good way to put well, it. Well, I remember yeah. he he had a conversation with the Baseball America guy, and he asked him the same question. And Julio said, "Nope, that's Not that's for me. Wow, that's for me only. That's awesome. I mean, that's yep. a good way to to look yeah. at. It. No, it is. It is. All right, wrapping things up here with Julio Rodriguez on expanding the grid. Couple of uh, quick hitters for you. Now, I read when you were in Arizona. Your favorite restaurant was Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, all the way. <laughs> There's no question, hands down. <laughs> okay, what's your order at Chick-fil-A? Uh, number three. Number three? Twelve nuggets. Twelve nuggets. Yeah, with the fries yep. and the cookies and cream milkshake. Oh. That's a solid choice, do you, sir. Do you get the upsized fries? you get the large? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, well, right now, sometimes I got off before the game. I just got the small one, so you cannot get too much. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you already filled up on Frosted Flakes. 
Yeah. That's also true. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, do you use sauce with your Chick-fil-A sauce? Chick-fil-A sauce. The Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A not the Polynesian. Best. You're not a Polynesian no, sauce guy. Chick-fil-A sauce. Okay. The best. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Chick-fil-A sauce is it. Okay. Hands down. All right. Uh, so now, uh, staying with food, what is your favorite food that your mother made for you in the Dominican? Uh, my favorite food, rice, beans, chicken, like fried chicken, by the way, that he... She cook it. Yeah. So, with fried plantains Ooh. and lemon lemonade. Oh, wow. lemonade. Ooh. Yeah, lemonade. Like, but it's not like it's like natural lemonade with natural lemon. You know. So she Fresh cooks it squeeze. in natural lemon juice. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really good. Uh, yeah, that like, sounds great. great. We just had lunch and yeah, now this I'm is making me hungry. Again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. If you go to the minute, I will take it to my house and eat. <laughs> We've got an invitation. All right. We're good to go. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's your favorite place to go to when you're back home? My favorite place to go to. Oh, my God. It's so fun. Because I'm out. When I'm my home, I'm always going my my to my mother's house and my father's house. Yeah. Like I always, I, to be honest, that's my first place to be in my house with yeah. my family. Now I know you've you've talked about it a little bit. Uh, you're a big you're a basketball guy a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, you're a big fan of Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah. uh, from the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, talk a little bit about that and why you love him so much. So Giannis Antetokounmpo, if you see his his story, like he literally came from nothing. Mm. Like he was a really poor guy. Like he was really poor, but he had a he was a dreamer. He was a dreamer. He, he was like nothing. So I feel like that's why I like him. Like he was, he came from nothing, and now he was the MVP of the league last year. So that's why I love him so much. That's that's the the way that he plays. He's always putting his team first. He's always playing hard for his team. So I feel like that's why I, I like him so much. Like the way that he plays, the way that he plays his game. So that's why. When you've been here this year, this has been a, a, a very fun clubhouse. Who would you say that you've developed the closest relationship with in the clubhouse? The clubhouse? Everybody. Yeah. Like, everybody. Like, I was, like, trying to, like, build some relationship with everybody, even with the new guys. Like, after, like, if you're new in this clubhouse, the first day, you, for real, you would know me. And the next day, you would have fun with me. Like I was like making close relationship with everybody, you know. We yeah here, I don't I don't see this team like just a team. I feel like this is my family right now. Mm. So I need to build close relationship with everybody. It's not just with with just one guy or two guys. We are a whole team here. It's like a whole family. So I was building relationship close with everybody. Julio Rodriguez is mastering the fact of being a a future analyst. He's setting up our next segment where. Kyle and I will break down the uh, 2019 draft picks that have come to West Virginia. We've got quite a few of them, and we've got more coming up from Expanding the Grid. But first off, Julio, thank you so much. This was a fantastic interview. Thanks so much for uh, dedicating some of your time. You're a joy to watch. You're a pleasure to be around. Best of luck the rest of the year. Uh, Thank you so much, and thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. We'll be back with more on Expanding the Grid after this. Great stuff from Julio Rodriguez, just completely lifting up the curtain and unveiling so much <laughs> Everything. that we did not know about Julio Rodriguez and some stuff we did know, but uh, great stuff from Julio. What a pleasure to, to chat with him for 50 minutes. That was uh, truly a great conversation, and uh, we certainly hope that uh, all of you listening enjoyed that. We certainly did as well. And uh, I mean, Julio Rodriguez is almost indescribable just how many different things that go into the makeup of, of the Mariners prospect. Well, he's extremely intelligent. I mean, you if, whenever you see him on a baseball field, you're going to see his physicality. You're going to see his tall stature, his big frame, and you're going to see his strength whenever he uh, absolutely mashes a baseball. But overall, 
I think a lot of what makes Julio Rodriguez Julio is not only his passion and love for the game, but the smarts that he has. And you can hear that uh, throughout the entire course of that interview, whether it's talking about certain situations or his past or what he had to do to get to this moment. And that's one thing that uh, I, I don't think is necessarily talked about enough with Julio Rodriguez is just his baseball IQ is a lot higher than you would normally think for an 18-year-old prospect. But I, I, I love talking to Julio and, and everything that, that he does. He does it with a smile on his face, including this podcast. Like you said in the middle of it, uh, he was smiling the entire time. And I, I think that's so fun. Uh, and it, it makes our jobs easier because it makes us have a little bit more fun. And I'm sure the players in the dugout feel the same way. Yeah, one of the things that Julio mentioned at the tail end of the podcast was that he's been reaching out to the new guys that we've gotten on this roster here in the second half. The Seattle Mariners have sent quite a few of their 2019 draft class as well as a couple of their free agent signees to West Virginia. So far, there's nine on the roster currently. There's seven pitchers and two position players. So we kind of want to break them down a little bit, give some quick hitters for you, and just give a little bit of background on the new guys that have come to West Virginia because it's been a wholesale turnover for the power roster. Yeah, and it's given a lot of excitement to this West Virginia roster that uh, kind of hit a little bit of a tough spot and, and treaded a little water after the All-Star break at coming out of a hot end of the first half. And having this roster turnover has definitely brought a new life into the clubhouse. A lot of guys who are very optimistic, and that's one thing that you can see from this 29 draft class as a group. They are very excited to be here, and they play like that as well. Yeah, so we'll start with uh, the guy who earned the start in the series opener against the Delmarva Shorebirds, Evan Johnson. Evan is a uh, former Creighton Blue Jay, non-drafted free agent signee on June 14th, and then got elevated from Everett about a month later here to West Virginia. He made his first start with uh, West Virginia in the, the series opener against Delmarva. Pitched rather well, got a little bit fatigued and got a little tired uh, in that final fifth inning. But overall, you know, the stuff from Evan Johnson really played well. He's got a lot of movement. He's an interesting pitcher, but he's a big game pitcher. You know, he was the guy who eliminated the Oregon State Beavers in the NCAA Regional this year. He pitched in the Big East Final, and he's really had to work and prove himself as a starter here in the minor leagues and, and with Creighton in his final year. And I think that goes to show the kind of makeup that the Mariners saw when they signed Evan Johnson after he basically thought his career was over. Yeah, I, I think Evan Johnson's got a high ceiling because of a guy, he comes in non-drafted, but I think he's kind of a guy who we talked about like Clay Chandler earlier in the year who has his back against the wall and his career against the wall. He's got to fight his way out. And I think that's what we saw from Evan Johnson in the first four innings against the best team in the South Atlantic League record-wise. He came out fighting and he threw four scoreless innings, ran into a little bit of trouble, but it wasn't necessarily trouble that was caused by him. An error one place and then a couple other base runners after that. Yes, you got to buckle down, but it was also his low-A debut, so I'm going to give him a break on that overall. Another guy that we were really excited to look at, Reed Morgan. Uh, he's going to be in the relieving role out of the bullpen for West Virginia. You talk about a big-game guy. How about Reed Morgan out of the University of South Carolina, former Gamecock, and He's got uh, three pitches that he works with. Doesn't work with a traditional fastball, but he's got some nasty movement. His sinker and slider are about as good as they come. His changeup is magnificent. And, well, his first ten pro, uh, pro outings, for this Mariners system have gone pretty well because he's only allowed a single earned run in three of his ten pro, uh, pro outings so far, uh, including the two that he's had here with West Virginia on July 16th, July 20th. He pitched in game three and earned his first career hold against Delmarva where he went an inning, gave up three hits and an earned run. A little bit of a, a struggle there as he gave up an extra base hit in that inning. And then in his power debut on the 16th of July, uh, he actually earned the win. It wasn't necessarily your normal win through a perfect uh, first inning where he got three straight ground balls because of the movement on some of the pitches that he threw. But then in the second inning, ran into a little bit of trouble and uh, uh, ran into the bat of some hot Columbia hitters and a three-run shot uh, in that ball game kind of sunk Morgan, uh, but still ended up getting the win. West Virginia able to hold on in that ball game and win that one late against the Fireflies. And I'm certainly excited to see Reed coming back. He's a guy who I've known in my time back uh, in the Texas Collegiate League, and he's a, a solid clubhouse guy. He's going to be there for his teammates, and it's another great addition to that power pin. Yeah, Reed Morgan certainly showing excellent stuff, and as he continues to finesse his accuracy, he'll certainly be a dominant reliever in this Mariners system. A guy who really haven't seen fully yet with West Virginia, Logan Reinhardt is our, our next subject here. Reinhardt coming to the power from Everett on July 18th. 
He is a former California Baptist draftee in the 16th round of this year's draft. He came up from Everett, not allowing an earned run in his first three pro appearances. We haven't gotten a chance to see Reinhardt pitch as of Sunday afternoon before the series finale against the Delmarva Shorebirds, but this guy it certainly seems like he is a real deal guy. A perfect record in his final year with Cal Baptist, the WAC pitcher of the year, first team all WAC honors, 9-0 with a 3.20 ERA and 11 starts, 68 strikeouts, and another guy like Evan Johnson who was a reliever and then proved himself as a starter in his final season and that's why the Mariners took him yeah I mean he didn't allow a run in his first three pro appearances with Everett when he went four and two-thirds just gave up four hits and two strikeouts throughout his uh, first three appearances so I think he's already off to a good start got a little bit of confidence now after the elevation now here to West Virginia another guy in that pin that I think you and I are both really excited about is Travis Kuhn who just throws the kitchen sink four seam two seam slider slurve which is really nasty, and then a changeup as well. Uh, He's a very uh, charismatic guy, very well-spoken. He was out commentating the the home run derby in right field during our last homestand. So I think Travis Kuhn is going to be another great addition to the the power pin, and he pitched really well on his second appearance with West Virginia against Delmarva, which was in game two of that series uh, that closed out the seven-game homestand. Didn't get a decision in that ball game, but – an inning and a third, only allowed one hit, walked a couple guys. That's kind of something that he even said, hey, I've got to I've got to stop walking hitters, but he struck out three in that ball game and uh, really looked like he had some pretty solid stuff working with. And I'm excited to see uh, where Travis Kuhn goes from here as well. Another guy with some really solid stuff is Kyle Hill, the former Baylor Bear closer from this year. And Kyle was just absolutely dominant with the Bears. He did not allow a run over his entire season this year. That is incredibly tough to do for anyone at any level in any position. And Kyle Hill accomplished that feat with the Baylor Bears this year. That's why he earned himself a 10th-round selection by the Mariners in this year's draft class. And Hill has struggled a little bit with the home run ball, but overall, you know, you see the stuff from Hill. He's got an electric fastball. The slider has good movement. The curve has good movement. And what's Hill adjust to this level fully, which he has because he's been with West Virginia for a little bit, came to the power in, on June 12th right after the draft class. He made his pro debut yeah. with West Virginia. And once he kind of adjusts a little bit and finds his feeling with all three of those pitches, he's going to be really, really good. Well, he was thrown into the fire. You talked about how quickly he was really put on this West Virginia squad and thrusted into a pretty important role as uh, David Berg and, and Alone Leishman like having him at a back half of a bullpen kind of guy. And that's exactly the kind of role they threw him into. And he has struggled a little bit. I asked him the other day, I said, hey, how have you been feeling your first couple weeks? And he just kind of shook his head and he said, this ain't the Big 12 no more. <laughs> no big deal about that. But, uh, I mean, he was so successful uh, with his time with the Baylor Bears. I, I would not be surprised if he found his footing soon. Another guy who seemingly found his footing in that Delmarva series, Nate Fisher, uh, lefty that was undrafted out of the University of Nebraska. Uh, kind of an undersized guy, right around six foot, 200 pounds. And uh, he came out and threw really well in, in, in his first couple of innings of work. He went four and a third, uh, kind of struggled in the, the, the fourth frame of that, or the fifth frame, frame rather, is uh, he got through the first four innings, only gave up two earned runs, and then uh, a three spot, or no, it was a four spot in that fifth inning against Delmarva. That kind of sunk Fisher a little bit. Ended up with a no decision because West Virginia ended up winning that ball game in a wild 12 to 10 finish back and forth. But uh, I'm excited to see what Fisher has. Looks like he's got strikeout stuff. He had four Ks in that game against Delmarva, and they came in big time situations as well to try and get him out of an inning. Uh, if he's able to settle down and avoid the extra base hit, it was doubles that were really the bugaboo for Fisher in that ball game, then I think he's going to be successful here here as well also a former basketball and football star in high school and uh you know potentially uh, really cool stuff to see from nate fisher kind of a stephen moyers-esque guy is yeah. fisher coming in when chandler was promoted but he kind of has that moyers makeup and we talked about that when fisher made his low a debut with west virginia back on saturday night one more pitcher to get to it's reeves martin for west virginia the former university of new orleans privateer he has come in and been locked down for west virginia had one kind of rough outing but besides that 
Reeves Martin has just been absolutely outstanding. He's coming in some really good situations. He's pitched very well. All four of his pitches are really, really solid. And, and Martin just has that kind of mental makeup. You see him out there on the mound. He is locked in, kind of like Brian Paul almost, where you know Martin comes in, he stares down hitters. He has a little bit of an intimidation factor, almost kind of like Paul and Dias and Arias. And, and you look down at Reeves Martin when you're a hitter, and you're a little scared. Oh, you absolutely are. I mean, he can come in and hum it. He's only 5'11", but he throws the ball extremely hard for his size, and I think uh, Reeves Martin is going to be a guy who West Virginia can rely on in big-time situations because, like you said, as locked in as he gets, and you're already comparing him to a Brian Paul and to a Dyson Audius, that he's going to be able to come in in big-time situations and not be uh, looking inward. He's going to be looking ahead and looking at the batters that he's facing instead of uh, looking at what uh, what's going wrong and, and, and kind of becoming a head case. I don't see that at all with Reeves Martin. I think he's solidified uh, himself as a, a go-to guy in a, a crunch time spot, and, and I'm excited to see what he's able to do with the power. Yeah, two more guys to get to now on the position side of things. Mike Salvatore and Austin Shenton. Austin Shenton, the fifth-round selection by the Seattle Mariners out of Florida International. The reviews are very high on this guy. Third baseman, also has played left for West Virginia and been the DH, but Shenton has come in and flexed some incredible power. He's also consistent at the plate. He's reached base in 25 of his first 27 games with West or with West Virginia and Everett and five of six with the power he's got two homers and both of them were absolute moonshots and so far I've liked what I've seen from Austin Shenton the defense certainly seems like and has a little bit of of work to be done mm-hmm. especially at third base but he's got a really good arm he's got a great bat and a good eye at the plate yeah he's got a great bat in that those power numbers are there I mean he's had four base hits with West Virginia and three of which have gone for extra bases, two homers and a double. Now, one thing I would like to see from Shinton, you mentioned the defense. I think his defense, if he's going to be a solidified guy in the middle of this power order on a day-in, day-out basis, he's going to have to get the glove a little bit more consistent. Same thing from the plate side of things. I would like to see a little bit more contact. I mean, he's only had the one single throughout his time. It was an opposite field single from the left-handed hitter, so that's a positive sign that he can show that he does hit to all fields. But if, if you're Austin Shinton, you've got to be able to, to consistently find your way on base. Yes, the power numbers are great, and those are going to definitely be taken when they come, like they were in that Delmarva game three uh, of that four-game set. But uh, I, I would like to see Shinton reach base a little bit more often. As for Mike Salvatore, though, the other draft pick out of Florida State, my goodness, he is a joy to watch playing shortstop. The man can field the baseball. He's one of the guys who has the the massive range. He could go back behind second base from a normal shortstop alignment, or you can go deep into the hole, make a backhanded play, and then throw it across the diamond over the first off balance. He's got such a strong arm, that which I'm really excited to see develop throughout not only West Virginia, but throughout the Mariners minor league systems. I think this guy is a, a fringe prospect if he can get the bat rolling a little bit. The bat's been a little inconsistent but if Mike Salvatore defensively can continue to do what he's doing and maybe improve a little bit and grow a little bit in his first year and second year in pro ball then I think we'll see Mike Salvatore elevate very quickly throughout the Mariners ranks. I couldn't agree more. That's a, a quick look for you around the 2019 draft picks and free agent signees that have come to West Virginia thus far. So far, nine have been here. Might see a few more, might not. We don't know. But so far, it's been really fun to see the next crop of future Mariners stars start out their careers or continue to build on their careers here in West Virginia as we continue along with the second half. Well, that's going to do it for episode number six of Expanding the Grid. Big thanks to Julio Rodriguez, our player guest, for a phenomenal interview. Big thanks to all of you for listening. For Kyle Yeomans, this is David Kahn saying so long here on Expanding the Grid. (laughs) 